What's going on, everybody? Happy Hump Day. It is currently Wednesday, January 5th. Uh, This is the Week 17 Recap Show. Uh, This is the last recap show we're going to do for every single game. Uh, Some of the non- Uh, kind of irrelevant games that are going to happen during week 18. I will obviously do a recap show for week 18, but basically the playoff teams as the playoff picture becomes uh, closer and closer of a reality. We're two weeks away from the playoffs right now. Uh, Pretty awesome games. I apologize for not releasing the podcast on my normal day, which was yesterday. Had some projects to do. Uh, Some New Year's resolutions to fulfill, uh, trying to get my house spruced up, ready to go. Uh, So moving forward, we're going to have two podcasts a week. Uh, Probably going to do the recap shows uh, on Tuesdays and then probably going to do some stuff before each playoff week, uh, also including uh, next week, which is week 18. Uh, So podcasts on Tuesdays and on Fridays. Gonna have some cool stuff leading up into the playoffs. I uh, got some cool stuff for you, so hope you guys are excited as much as I am. Uh, with the very long intro, uh, my name's Cole Hate. For all the first-time listeners out there, this is the All In Man Cave podcast. L- let's let's hop right into this week's to this week's recap. And and there's a lot of big headlines going around right now. Uh, but let's start uh, with the Raiders taking down the Colts. Raiders win twenty-three to twenty. Uh, the, the the amount of things that the Raiders have been able to overcome, uh, we've talked about it at length uh, on this podcast on multiple occasions. Uh, but basically, uh, with all the stuff that they've been through, and you guys have all heard the stories, they've been talking about it for weeks, Henry Ruggs, John Gruden, uh, they just had a, a player, Nate Hobbs, which plays starting corner for them. He was pulled over, technically asleep in his car. At 4 a.m. in Las Vegas, so uh, another one bites the dust, uh, unfortunately, uh, in Vegas. So Nate Hobbs probably facing some sort of penalty from the league for that episode. But uh, they've gone through a lot. Uh, the, The coaching change is weird. Uh, Derek Carr has put this team on his back, and they got a big win in Indianapolis. Uh, and and the Raiders have a chance to win, and they're in next week. And that's something that if you're a Raiders fan, if you're an avid sports uh, sports fan, average NFL fan, uh, they've been through a lot. And to say the Raiders can make it into the playoffs by winning next week is nothing short of amazing. Uh, Derek Carr has played well. He's had his errant throws like he typically has since he's been drafted. In, in randomly within and injected into football games. But Derek Carr's played well. They've gotten players to step up, not only at the wide receiver position where they lack, but also on the defensive side of the football. I can't say enough about the Raiders, but on the flip side, the Colts. Uh, Jonathan Taylor breaks Edger and James' record for rushing yards uh, in a season as a Colt. Uh, and for everybody in at least my generation of avid football fans, Edger and James was a top running back in his prime. Uh, he did a lot for that organization. And Jonathan Taylor uh, is the reason why the Colts are still relevant and were able to go on that long run. So I, I love the way the Colts look. I, I like the way the Raiders look. I'm really eager to see what happens next week uh, when these two teams play and the seeding for the AFC playoffs based on how they perform. Uh, so kudos to both teams uh, for playing well, uh, but it's going to be an uphill battle next week. Um, for both teams uh, just to make sure that they get a win and they're in type situation um, so that adds an extra an extra pressure to it uh, but Carson Wentz needs to step up Jonathan Taylor needs to keep him moving and the Colts will be fine as well as the Raiders 
Next game on the list, the Bengals beat the Chiefs 34-31. First thing I want to notice at all and tell you guys about this football game is where is Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill? It's it's almost um it's almost unbelievable the fact that they were both basically non-existent in this game yet the Chiefs' offense was able to at least do something. Uh, now the first half they dominated. The second half they only scored three points. Uh, the Bengals uh, played well. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, uh, they had a wonderful wonderful day uh Jamar Chase 11 catches for 266 yards as a rookie that I heard the crazy stat and I may have already said it on the podcast because I think I've I heard it last week but but Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have 33 touchdown uh passes slash catches uh since the beginning of last season or the begin or since the Joe Burrow's senior season which is absolutely crazy if you think about it but I listen I I don't know what to do. The officials were a joke in this football game again. Uh, at the end of the game, the Bengals go for it on fourth and goal with less than 40 seconds left. Uh, fourth and goal from the one. Uh, they go for it and don't kick the field goal, even though the Chiefs had no timeouts. That made no sense. Then there were offsetting penalties, uh, a phantom defensive pass interference. It was a joke. Uh, my buddy Greg, um, he avid Chiefs fan, he, he texted me. He's like, yo, you need to talk about this on the podcast. I was like, absolutely. Went back and watched just the last drive uh, of the Bengals-Chiefs game in for every single play. I mean, I saw the highlights, but... The Chiefs defense uh, shit the bed, quite frankly, and they gave up everything in the second half, which is definitely going to be uh, very hard for them to overcome in the playoffs. Uh, playoff scenario, uh, they're not going to be able to get away with playing like this. So uh, Chiefs may be a little bit scared if you're a Chiefs fan. Uh, Bengals fans, you won the division. Uh, listen, the, the Bengals won the division. They earned it. Their defense has played well. They've gotten production from Joe Mixon when they needed it. They've gotten production from all three of their wide receivers, even the tight end position. And Joe Burrow has been very good. I think Joe Burrow deserves to be in the MVP race. I, I know he's probably not going to win it, but guess what? I want to throw his name in there because th- this man has, has almost thrown for 1,000 yards in two weeks and two critical weeks uh, for the Bengals to be able to win this division. Next on the list of games, the Titans smashed the Dolphins 34-3. Uh, we know now that Tua is is done. Uh, Tua, it rained a little bit in Miami uh, or Tennessee. Actually, I think this game was in Tennessee. I can't, re- I can't remember, honestly. Um, but Tua couldn't hang on to the football. Small hands, small guy. He doesn't have the thing that the Dolphins are looking for. The Dolphins are probably going to end up moving off of Tua. I don't know what they do. Do they go out and try and pick up someone of equal caliber, but maybe with a little higher ceiling? Or or do they try and hit a home run with Deshaun Watson? They're going to do something uh, because Brian Flores has got that defense, especially the past two months, to tip-top shape except for today. Um, and they have they have played uh, some subpar opponents as well. So what to make of the Dolphins, I don't know. They're basically eliminated from playoff contention. But let, let's flip let's flip a little bit. The the Titans, if Mike Vrabel does not win Coach of the Year, these these random awards are fixed, and I'm convinced of it. I am completely convinced that these are fixed. Mike Vrabel, granted, there's a few other coaches that you think you can put in there uh, and you probably could make a decent case for. But Mike Vrabel has gotten this team the past three years to uh, to a complete 180. The defense plays hard. The team fights. 
they they're able to win football games and they do it without their best player on the field and I know that's not the first time I said that so I probably sound like a broken record but honestly without Derrick Henry on the field they're still able to come out and beat decent teams they're they're able to be good teams they're able to be decent teams uh they just can't seem to be bad teams since they lost to the Texans and the Jaguars or the Jets and the Jaguars this season which is two of their losses which is a whole nother story uh but the Titans look good they they win uh they win next week uh and I believe they keep the number one seed uh so they need to win next week I think they played the Houston Texans I'll have uh the parlay odds uh for the I'll have the parlay picks for ne- the next podcast which I'll probably come out with Friday uh but they, they play a very weak opponent this week they just need to go out and take care of business I think it's the Texans, honestly. They just need to go out and take care of business. And then they got that number one seed. Derrick Henry probably comes back, and then they're ready to go. Next on the list, the Rams beat the Ravens 20-19. to The Ravens lose five straight. Lamar hasn't played. Their team has been riddled with injuries and COVID. The defense is inconsistent. I'm not surprised that the Ravens have lost five straight. I'm interested to see what happens with Lamar since he sat out three weeks with this ankle. And it doesn't seem, based on the reports I'm reading, that he's making any progress, which is scary if you think about it. However, it looks like the Ravens are probably going to miss out on the playoffs, so they have a whole offseason. I don't believe these these people that are gonna that are saying that Lamar Jackson should be traded and they should just go with Tyler Huntley. That's not gonna that's not gonna happen. I, you can draw the comparison all you want. Tyler Huntley is not Lamar Jackson. So all the people out there, I'm sorry, I disagree with your take. If you think that Tyler Huntley and saving on that cap is worth trading Lamar Jackson, I know you don't want to pay him, but nobody wants to pay anyone when it's in a salary cap league. So I I don't want to hear any of that garbage. And for the Rams on the flip side, Odell Beckham Jr. is a huge impact on this team. Uh, who I think I don't think he's getting enough credit for the plays that he's making on the Rams. Looks like he finally found a good situation. They're hitting him in the red zone. Uh, if Matt Stafford could figure out how to play in the first half like he does in every game in the second half, the Rams would have no issues. They would have absolutely zero issues going into the playoffs. It seems like Stafford's Stafford's floor is definitely a lot lower than people thought even with Sean McVay on the Rams so uh, the Rams just need to find that second gear going into going into the playoffs they're still trying to play for the division next week so let's see what happens uh and 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 for the Ravens uh not much don't expect them to get through um but I expect the Rams if they can kick their defense into a little bit of a higher gear as well as Matt Stafford on his turnovers they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs Next on the list, the Bills beat the Falcons 29-15. to uh, Listen, uh, don't overreact to Josh Allen throwing three interceptions. The Bills are fine. Their defense is playing well. Sean, uh, Sean McDermott, great coach. Josh Allen carries this football team. It, it's almost, and it looks like Josh Allen is almost taking some off with less care until he gets to the playoffs. I saw a few throws uh, trying to fit it into way too tight of a window. I'm not overreacting to his performance, but the Bills need to run the football the way they ran the football in this game. 233 yards rushing for a bottom five rushing team is amazing. I know they were playing the Falcons. The Falcons are suspect at best. So uh, honestly, 
I, I don't have much to say about the Falcons. They're going to have to figure it out. I'm going to do a whole separate podcast on teams that miss the playoffs and what they need to do to try and get in. Uh, just a little bit of a nugget for you guys to look forward to. I'm definitely going to do a podcast about that, whether it be during the playoffs or whether it be during the playoffs or during the offseason, I'm definitely going to do a pod about those teams because there's going to be a lot of teams that miss the cut that aren't necessarily that aren't necessarily as bad as their record shows. Um, so I'm not too worried about the Bills. Uh, listen, I, I know they got to play. They got, they're still playing for the division against the Patriots, but I, I don't really understand. I don't really understand the, the the Bills haters. I know they haven't played well at times. They've dealt with injuries as well. Injuries should never be an excuse. Uh, but I believe the Bills will be fine, um, and they will probably get a big win next week. Next on the list, the Patriots beat the Jags 50-10. to uh, Once again, not much to go over with the Jaguars. They're an absolute joke. Their whole coaching staff needs to be fired. Uh, all of them were hired by Urban Meyer, I believe, or mostly brought in based on him, uh, his advice to bring them in. He's probably That's probably the last sour piece of anything in that locker room is the coaches he hired, yet he's not still there. So uh, let's talk more about Mac Jones. Uh, the Mac Jones hype, I don't like the people overreacting either way. Uh, it's the man's rookie season, so I'm not really going to go nutso about uh, how I feel hardcore or whether the Patriots should just unload the dude or give him a 15-year extension. Let's see how he plays, a.k.a. in the playoffs. B, next season, I- I'm not really going to overreact to Mac Jones that that much. But this game was more about how they were able to run the ball. The New England Patriots run the ball so well. And the closest comp, honestly, for their run game is probably the Eagles. They run the ball as effectively and as often as the Eagles do. Uh, Mac Jones a little bit, probably a little better than Jalen Hurts is in terms of an overall quarterback in the league. Uh, but the Patriots look like they're they're okay. They have limped a little on the, uh, the home stretch, but let's see what they can do in, in Week 18. Uh, it's funny I say Week 18. It's the first time I'm allowed to say that since they extended the, the season one more week. Next on the list, the Bucks beat the Jets 28-24. to It's a shame for the Jets and Jets fans out there. You were up 24-10 to on Tom Brady, and you blew it. So uh, the Jets were, I think, getting I think 11 the the line closed that they were getting 11 points in this game and were up by 14 at one point so listen Tampa Bay is struggling uh, Tampa Bay is struggling they the Antonio Brown situation I'm sure it's Wednesday this came out after the game on on Sunday so this is probably not going to be the this is not going to be breaking news to anybody listening but just in case it is Antonio Brown there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the ether, I guess you should say, online, uh, in the blogs I watch, anybody on NFL Live, he he, he basically rips his jersey and stuff off because he's unhappy. Uh, basically, he was told to go back in the game. He thought he was still hurt. He thought he was hurt, so he refused to go back in the game, and then the head coach basically said, get out, and he took his stuff off and ran off the field half naked. That's basically what happened. Uh, listen, Antonio Brown, this is not the, his first rodeo doing something like this. He, he's, and I, I don't want to sound too abrasive because I, I don't know the man personally, uh, but the way he treats human beings, he's kind of a scumbag. Uh, he treats women terribly. He treats men terribly. He doesn't pay people. He fakes vaccination cards. He, uh, it's, it's basically not treating people well. Now, whether or not he has a mental sickness, a mental illness, or what have you, 
I don't know if that's true or not. Hopefully, if he does, and if he has knowledge of it, I hope that he would have some sort of help in line. Uh, But he's probably never going to play in the NFL again, and that's the last thing I'm going to say about Antonio Brown. But uh, Tom Brady's limping in. The 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 Tampa Bay Bucks are limping in. The defense looks a little soft. Now, granted, it's coming from a Vikings fan. I'm not. This I'm being objective. Their defense is way better than the Vikings defense, but compared to last year, their their secondary is weaker. It seems like Shaq Barrett's been missing most of the season. Jason Pierre-Paul's been dinged up, has missed time. And the corners that they had have all been hurt or on IR. Now, they they also lost Chris Godwin. Antonio Brown's gone. Mike Evans is dinged up. Leonard Fournette's dinged up. So they're, they're limping into the playoffs. But they have Tom Brady. So if you have Tom Brady, it's... Pretty, you're, you're a pretty solid chance that you're going to go deep into the playoffs based on his leadership and the fact that he is the greatest of all time. Next on the list, the Eagles beat the Washington football team 20-16. to Really needed the Eagles to lose this week. Uh, and when I saw Washington go out to a 10 to nothing lead, I was pretty happy about it. Um, however, uh, the Eagles got the win 20-16. to uh, They clinch a spot. Vikings get eliminated with their loss to the Packers, which we'll go over in a minute. Um, but uh, what are the Eagles? Uh, I'm pretty sure I picked in the offseason. I'm pretty sure that I picked the Eagles to go four and 13 and they are what nine and seven with a chance to go 10 and seven. Uh, Everybody predicted them to be in the basement of that, of that division. And I was one of them. Uh, so basically the Eagles play like the Patriots and their defense wasn't supposed to be that good. So their defense keeps them in games. Yes. Their opponents have been kind of weak. You can say that they've been kind of weak. I, I would agree that mo- that's that a decent amount of their impo- their opponents that they've beaten have been relatively weak. However, they get W's, and that's all that matters in the NFL is do you win the football game? That's why all the close games, you lose by a field goal, take the positives out, but it's still a loss. The Washington football team, the, the, as much as the Eagles have excelled, that's how much Washington has disappointed. I had Washington winning that division at 10-7, and seven based on their defense from last season and based on the fact that I believed in Taylor Heineke and their offensive weapons. Now, they've acquired some that haven't played via Curtis Samuel. Uh, McLaurin looks worse uh, this season than he did last. Antonio Gibson was dinged up, missed a few games. Uh, You also have Heineke, who's underperformed. So that's basically why Washington has absolutely fell into the toilet uh, this last month, month and a half of the season. But the, the, the NFC East expectations were completely sw- sw- flip-flopped to anything I expected. I was probably the most wrong about that division than I was about any other division, to be quite honest. Most of them are, with the four teams in the division, at least I got three uh, in, the, in, the, in each division slotted correctly. Maybe one's wrong. But listen, let's see what the Eagles do. They, they have a COVID outbreak. There's 12 players currently on the list. They, I don't think they can make their position in the playoffs any better or worse. Right now, it looks like they're either playing the Bucks or the Rams in the first round, and they're going to have to travel to either of those opponents, which I don't think they beat either of them, to be quite honest. Next on the list, the Bears beat the Giants 29-3. to The Bears are a few players away from being pretty decent. Now, their defense has taken a huge step back since they lost all the big names. Eddie Jackson doesn't look the same, but their front seven is still pretty deadly. Now, anything is pretty deadly against the New York Giants uh, because they've basically played the worst football out of any team I've seen in the past two months. 
They have no quarterback. Saquon Barkley had his first 100-yard game this week. He had 100 yards rushing in two years. He was drafted three years ago. So he's been dinged up off the feet. He's been dinged up a lot since he was drafted. The Giants knew about it. It was in his draft portfolio ever since high school. He's from the Lehigh Valley. I've followed his stats relatively close. He's had ankle issues in high school. He had ankle issues at Penn State, and now he has ankle issues in in the NFL. There's no surprise there. You should have known that. And he was drafted in the top five in the draft. You cannot miss that amount of football games if you're going to act like a, a big difference on the field for your football team. Now, at quarterback, that's even worse. Since Saquon Barkley underperforming is one problem, but Daniel Jones has been horrible, and now he's been hurt. Mike Glennon has been horrible, now he's hurt. Now you have two random rookies who basically haven't played before in Jake Fromm and Brandon Lewerke. I don't even know who Brandon Lewerke is, and he's the, the backup quarterback this week. Jake Fromm's going to start. He had 25 yards in an entire game the last time he started in his debut. The, the Giants are a mess, and it's their GM's fault. Their GM needs to go. Now, there's been reports that Daniel Jones is going to stay, that Joe Judge is going to stay. But listen, if the GM gets fired, there's no way you're bringing in another GM, and he's just going to keep a coach that was hired by a previous regime. That's not how it works. The GM's going to get hired, the GM's going to pick his coach, and the coach is going to pick his quarterback. That's how it works on successful football teams. Now, if you're the Minnesota Vikings and you have a quarterback and a head coach who hate each other, yet somehow the the player was still signed to the team, which is the biggest faux pas I can think of in my life. That's how it starts to go awry. But the Giants defense, I'm not so concerned about. The the offense is going to get fixed. There's been COVID. There's been wide receivers that have been dinged up. They need to figure out what they're doing at quarterback. If they're bringing Daniel Jones back, God bless him, because I don't see anything worth bringing him back to. Nothing. Next on the list is the Cardinals beat the Cowboys 25-22. to If you are going to try and make an argument right now that Dallas is a very good football team this year, let me give you the statistics. They are 6-5 and five against teams with winning records, and they are currently 12-5. and five. So what are they against teams with losing records? 6-0. and oh. They can't play good against good teams, and that comes down to Dak being over – Dak's overrated, and so is their head coach. They're both Bs, not As. Dak Prescott hasn't looked the same since he came back from the calf. It doesn't look good at all. And their defense gives up big plays, even though everyone rants and raves about their defense. Now, these are both issues that can probably be fixed because this is a one-off. So the Cowboys defense typically plays well, but they're not going to be playing under 500 teams in the playoffs. They're also not going to get a first round by. So who do they draw in the first round and can they take them down? That's the question. I think the Dallas Cowboys have a dark horse chance to make it to the Super Bowl this year, but they need to keep out all of the problems on offense. Dak needs to figure it out. They need Ezekiel Elliott to perform better than he's been, and the defense needs to button it up. If they button it up, they have a chance to take down the Packers because right now the Packers are probably the best team in the NFL. Next on the list, the 49ers beat the Texans 23-7. Trey Lance, uh, who the 49ers gave up multiple first-round picks for, uh, gets the start. He takes down the Texans. The first half looked pretty eh. 
Honestly, the second half looked a little bit better. Trey Lance has a lot of stuff to get ready for. He's clearly not ready to start week in and week out in the NFL. But but with this whole garbage going on with Jimmy Garoppolo and and if he's healthy uh, for for the final week of the season, they're gonna start him. That's that's horseshit. I'm sorry, pardon my French, but that's horseshit. Listen, this is the quarterback of the future. You're not going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, so why do you start him in Week 18? I know you can make the playoffs. I get it, but you need to get a look at Trey Lance. You need to figure this out because maybe, maybe he's going to be the the one of the future or maybe you're going to realize before you lose more years of success that he's maybe not the one and you might have to unload him. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm in the Trey Lance bandwagon right now to start Week 18, although their head coach has said otherwise. But the Texans, the Texans are all sort of weird. And I apologize for my hot pick uh, in my podcast last week about Davis Mills having a good game. He did not have a good game. Uh, and if you started him in a fantasy league and I lost to your championship, I really apologize. But I'm hoping that you guys are smarter than that and wouldn't have started him. I just thought it was a little nugget. Uh, but really, I, I apologize if you did start him. But listen, I... San Francisco stayed balanced. They ran the ball with Elijah Mitchell. Their defense made enough plays against a crappy Houston Texans team. They're not going to be able to play that well, especially in that secondary with with Hall of Fame slash all pro slash good quarterback play that they're going to see in the playoffs. So let's see if they can win next week uh, and get in. Uh, they win in their in. Uh, so let's see if they can win next week and then they're playing the Rams. So it's going to be a divisional battle. Next on the list, not much to come from this game except a few little nuggets, but the Seattle Seahawks beat the Lions 51-29. to All the Lions points are scored in garbage time. The Seahawks controlled this game. Russ looked good for the first time in two, since he returned from the, from the hand injury. DK Metcalf, three touchdown receptions in this game. This is what we've been waiting for from the Seattle Seahawks. They're going to be an interesting talk as to what they do in the offseason. Uh, do does Pete Carroll leave? Do they get rid of Pete Carroll? Do they get rid of Russ? Do they try and acquire draft picks that they don't have by unloading players that are hitting their salary cap high? That's a possibility. All three are possibilities. I don't know what the percentage is yet. Probably going to happen somewhat in the offseason as to find out who's staying, who's leaving, and what they're going to do. But that division, the NFC West, is the strongest division now. The Rams, the Cardinals, the 49ers, and the Seattle Seahawks is the strongest division in the league right now, hands down. There's not a, there is not a stronger division right now. So Seattle needs to figure out what they're going to do. GM's going to be on the hot seat to make the right choice. They need to figure out how to get draft picks, and they need to figure out how to win and compete in their own division. Better yet, the rest of the NFC. Next on the list, the Saints beat the Panthers 18-10. to the Saints are, oh my Lord, I, I don't understand how the Saints can can win and still make the playoffs. Bad quarterback play, bad running back play. It, it's, it's a disaster for the Saints right now. Their defense looks okay, but the, the problem that I'm dealing with, with in, when it comes to the Saints is the consistency of the quarterback. And Kamara, Alvin Kamara has not looked good this year, whether that be because teams are taking it away because they don't care. Uh, about what about what quarterback is going to try and pass to whom because they're all very non-existent and with Taysom Hill at quarterback he's going to run more than he's going to pass it's it's facts that's not just bullshit it's facts so uh, let's see 
I don't know what to make of the Saints right now. Their defense might be able to carry them, but their offense ain't going to get them anywhere in the playoffs. So uh, Saints fans out there, you had a lot of bad luck this season. Uh, you had some some hard losses. You had some pretty decent wins. Uh, your coach may be able to get you in, but I don't think your team's going to be able to keep you in. So even if if, if the Saints make the playoffs, they're going to struggle. Uh, to win any football games um, against any opponent because of how inconsistent their offense is uh, and how, honestly, how inconsistent their defense has been lately as well. On the flip side, the Panthers, uh, they need to burn it down, build it back up. They got to figure out what they're doing at the quarterback position. They're going to be one of those teams that, oh, my Lord, what am I doing? They might have to hold on to Darnold because they gave him his fifth-year option already, but there's playmakers on that team. Uh, Christian McCaffrey dinged up. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore pretty much been non-existent based on what I've seen in fantasy. Uh, and the defense has underperformed, especially in the second half of the season. So let's see what another year does for Matt Rule. Don't expect him to go anywhere. Uh, but there's going to be some departures on the in this organization. I'm just not sure yet who. Next on the list, the Chargers beat the Broncos 34-13. to If Teddy Bridgewater doesn't start for the Broncos, they never cover. Uh, it's literally a proven fact, and I just basically noticed that. And the Broncos always cover when Teddy's the quarterback. Drew Locke is awful. Drew Locke needs to not be in the NFL anymore. He's absolutely terrible. Uh, dinged up, bad play calls from the Broncos in this game. Their defense gave up a lot. Justin Herbert shined uh, he like he does. Uh, but what Herbert do you get moving forward? And what Herbert do you get if they can squeak themselves into the playoffs? I'm not sure exactly, uh, but he played well this week, uh, very well this week, uh, in a game where it pretty much looked like they could get whatever they wanted on the ground as well as through the air. So it depends on what Herbert shows up. I personally think that their coach will hold them back. I, I, I'm not a huge Brandon Staley fan. It seems like, and he's a defensive coach, and their defense is awful, so it seems like he's taking credit for Justin Herbert where he probably doesn't deserve credit. If if you're asking me personally, now that may be wrong. That's just my take on it, but that's what it seems like. Their offense is carrying them through games, and their defense is very bad, especially against the run. So is Brandon Staley actually helping this football team more than Justin Her Herbert is? A no. Because Justin Herbert's not hurting it as much as Brandon Staley's bad defense. But uh, listen, the Chargers win next week. They should be in. I think it's a win, win and in for them next week. So honestly, I would love seeing the Chargers in the playoffs. They have an opportunity to play the Chiefs in the first round if they're, they're able to squeak in. So let's see what happens. That would be an awesome first round matchup, a divisional matchup, their third matchup of the season. So let's see what happens. I, I like Justin Herbert. I think that he's excelled very well uh, way above expectations of him coming out of college uh, when he was drafted um, so I like him I just think that Brandon Staley needs to focus on his defense so that they can push farther into the playoffs possibly make a run at the Super Bowl next on the list and as sad to say the Packers killed the Vikings 37 to 10 let's get away let's uh, get rid of all the excuses up front uh, Sean Mannion makes the start at quarterback he is awful uh, the Vikings defense got absolutely throttled in this game. They were missing people due to COVID. They were missing the two of their top defensive players. They, Cam Dantzler, 
our cornerbacks in this game were awful. The quarterback was awful. Our offensive line was terrible. The defense could not stop A.J. Dillon. Granted, it was negative five degrees, and he's huge, so I'll give them that. But Mike Zimmer's defense is awful. I'm pretty sure we're ranked in the bottom three right now in defense. And if not, we're pretty damn close to it. The defense is awful. Patrick Peterson came out this week defending Mike Zimmer. What are you doing, dude? Mike Zimmer's done. Either Mike Zimmer leaves or Kirk Cousins leaves this offseason or by the end of this, by the beginning of next season. I'm making that odd take right now. Either one or both of them will be gone. If both of them are back, the same thing will happen on repeat, like with a click remote next year. It's a waste. The defense is awful, needs to be rebuilt. But enough about my terrible Vikings embarrassing football team. Let's flip-flop to the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is front-runner for MVP for two straight years. He looks great. Now, our defense made it pretty easy considering they're awful. Uh, Cornerbacks were terrible. Uh, Couldn't figure out coverages. Could not rush the passer. It was bad. But Aaron Rodgers looked good. Devontae Adams, that combo is amazing. A lot of stuff coming out uh, because Aaron is very vocal during the week on, on Pat McAfee, on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, he texted Devontae Adams, best player he ever played with. Their, their duo, the way he throws him the football and the way Devontae Adams shadows the corners as to when the ball is going to be there is absolutely magnificent to watch. If you, if anybody out there, I don't care if you hate the Packers or love them, turn on a Packers game at some point, not next week because they probably won't play. And if they do, they'll probably only play the first quarter, but watch a playoff game with the pack with the Packers, watch Devonte Adams run his routes and watch Aaron throw it in the perfect spot. Every time it's almost indefendable. It's undefendable. And, and they look great, like I said before, probably the best team going into the playoffs, honestly. And it's hard for me to stomach because obviously I'm not a huge fan of the Packers being an avid Vikings fan, but the Packers look good. They're, Matt LaFleur is a great coach. It seems like him and Aaron have a decent chemistry. I have no idea what happens with Aaron Rodgers in, in, in the offseason. I think it's determined on what he does in the playoffs. If they're one and done in the playoffs, I don't know what's going to happen. If they make it to the Super Bowl, I still don't know what's going to happen. I would love for Aaron Rodgers not to play for the Packers, but it's almost hard to root for him to leave because he has been so good for so long, and his skill on the field is magnificent. It's awesome to watch. I just hate watching it destroy me year in and year out. So I'm a little biased, but Rodgers has got to be front runner in the M- for MVP. He has to be. And there's some 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 inklings, uh, some little nuggets out in the uh, in the ether that some people won't vote for him MVP because of his stance on vaccinations and all that. But it's the MVP of the league. I understand he's not the easiest guy to get along with. He's not the happiest, jolliest guy to get along with, and he's. Very egotistical at times, but he's a football player and he's a great one. So you got to vote for him MVP if he earned it. And honestly, this season, he earned it. Last, the Monday night football game, the Steelers beat the Browns 26 to 14. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh ran the ball great all night with Najee Harris. I needed 11 points from Najee Harris to win my fantasy football league. And I'm happy to announce that I have won my fantasy football league this year uh, by 18 or 19 points, some, somewhere in there. Uh, first win in a fantasy league in three years for me. I won a lot more when I was in college, but the last few years have been a struggle. So I actually got the win in the ship. Uh, the, the league's not for money, so it's not a big deal. Um, but honestly, listen to this. So the big Ben announced it's going to be his last game at Heinz field. 
I love it. I love Big Ben. Uh, you can talk shit on Big Ben all you want. I am not going to buy into that. I love Big Ben. I've loved him since he came into the league, but he's always been overshadowed by Peyton Manning. He's always been overshadowed by Tom Brady, by Drew Brees. But Big 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 Ben's done a lot. He's never had a losing record, I don't believe. I don't think he's ever had a losing record since he's been drafted, which is pretty amazing. I, he has at least one Super Bowl. Actually, probably two. I think he has two Super Bowls, actually. I, don't quote me on that. I should know the answer to that, so I feel like kind of like a piece of garbage. But um, listen, just real quick, just before we get back to Big Ben, the, the Browns are, are caving right now. And listen... They had huge expectations. A lot of people thought they were going to be in the 12 to 13 win area. They're probably going to get to eight, if that. They may lose to the Bengals next week, depending on if the Bengals play people or not. Baker Mayfield, huge question mark. Seems like the team, it seems like the team and the organization as a whole, seems like they don't trust them. So I don't really know what they do moving forward, whether they try and trade him and get something in return, whether they whether they not sign him next year and just let him play and see what they have. But I can't really see, unless they get a decent option in return, I can't see them just unloading Baker. The quarterbacks in the draft aren't that good. There's a few players that they could probably try and go after that most likely won't want to go to Cleveland, like possibly Aaron Rodgers, possibly Russell Wilson, possibly Deshaun Watson if he's ever cleared to come back or whatever happens with his allegations, still quiet with Deshaun Watson, interestingly enough. It's weird. All that stuff every day for multiple weeks in the offseason. Now all of a sudden it's been crickets for the last few months. But I'm sure we'll hear something about Deshaun Watson as we get uh, through the offseason or maybe by the end of this season as well. But the, the Browns, are they need to do some soul searching. Kevin Stefanski hasn't had the amount of impact that People thought he would have like he did last year. Baker's been dinged up and had inconsistent play. Their defense has underperformed. The only thing that they can really take away away from this season is that Nick Chubb is awesome. And Odell is no longer an issue for your team if it was, which I don't think he was an issue. I, honestly, it, it, it was a bad, a bad mesh. It was a bad mesh. It was a bad season for, for the Cleveland Browns. They had higher expectations, similar to the Vikings that had higher expectations but underperformed. Uh, but back to Big Ben. I, listen, he had a, it was a great game. They they had a great game. Obviously, he checked down the ball a lot. They used the run to get the victory uh, against a struggling Browns team. So uh, I don't know if I don't know after Big Ben makes this announcement if he could even try and and ease his way out of it. So I think he's actually just going to retire and not play for another team. He's he's fallen off the map the last three years in terms of his skill set. He's been getting a lot more injuries. Seems like he's less mobile. Uh, looks like he's walking with concrete shoes in the pocket. So I, I I think Big Ben's done, and I think he goes out on decent terms. I, I like Big. I like I said. I've said it a million times already. I like Big Ben, and I'm not going to trash him on this podcast because I'm such a fan. So I I know there's a lot of haters out there. I know that they people expected him to be better. I expected him to not digress or not. Um, digress as much as he has in terms of his skill set uh, but he's done well for that organization and it's a great organization to to coach for to be a part of and to play for 
All right, guys, that is the last full-length slate of games. Uh, the Week 17 recap is in the books. Uh, going to have some stuff, uh, some new segments, uh, some stuff for the next podcast. Going to record that on Friday. Uh, so it's currently 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, on Wednesday, January 5th. So Friday the 7th, going to come out with the parlay picks. Going to talk about some big some big news news updates. Maybe talk about some updates for COVID, injury updates. No, more, no longer is fantasy football uh, basically alive uh, unless you're in a full 18-week slate season. And I don't know anybody who's in an 18-week fantasy football season. So uh, no fantasy updates, basically. So, gonna have some room for another segment going into Week 18. Uh, obviously, the parlay. Uh, we got to win one. We were four and three last week. Uh, the four that I knew were complete locks, I put first, uh, and I won the first four. But the last three kind of shit the bed. Uh, hence the Lions. Uh, me taking the Lions plus six obviously bit me in the ass there. Uh, but I'll have another parlay for you guys, and I'll continue the parlays through the through the playoffs. I know there's going to be less games on, uh, but we, we do some same game, same game parlays, uh, kind of parlay those two games together if it's two wild card games. So we'll have plenty of content. Uh, but like I said, two podcasts a week, Tuesday and Friday moving forward. Uh, got a lot of projects to do around the house. Got a lot of stuff to get done. So I think we can handle covering all the stuff we can cover in two podcasts. So I will talk to you guys on Friday. Once again, hope you guys had a good new uh, good new year, like I said last podcast, but uh, try try and try and make a better make, make a change uh, in your life, a positive one, because uh, you could always use more of those and less negative ones because hence life. Um, however, I will talk to you guys on Friday. Thank you so much for listening. Add me on Twitter at all in man cave pod. Uh, add me on Facebook Cole hate C O L E H A Y D T. Uh, send me a friend request. Add me any feedback for the podcast. Thank you so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers. And until Friday. Later. Later.